How you doing, Arizona Nation? Ready for another edition of the Arizona Podcast? I am your host, Dax. Javi and I are excited to bring you another episode. You can drive back to Phoenix. Part two, steel ball. West side. You can drive back to Phoenix. The only thing promised to me was the penitentiary steel ball. You can drive back to Phoenix. 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 Welcome back. Uh, we're back from the Oregon uh, week, and Javi and I are going to break all that down. Remember, we're available on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. Remember, with the Echo Romeo Alpha podcast, uh, when you enter your search, remember to follow Gabe and Cenas at Gabe underscore and Cenas, Brandon Combs at U of A Bear Down 07, and Javi at Players Program U. Remember to visit playerprogramu.com and uh, Gabe and Brandon's uh, Arizona recruiting site, uh, recruiting website, AZ, azdsrecruitingweebly.com. You can follow podcast on Twitter at PodcastZona. You can visit us on Facebook at the Arizona Podcast, and you can email the podcast at ArizonaPodcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to email, tweet, and Facebook any post comments or questions. And we did get a a Twitter uh, question, Javi, about talking about the transfers. It it came from uh, Lance Lynn. Uh, he's at Lance Lynn, L-I-N-N. So everybody out there, give him a follow. He pointed out uh, Justin Simons having quite uh, a good career at St. John's after leaving the program. Um, I, I did promise to look up uh, cats that had transferred under um, Sean Miller. So let's just uh, tuck that away. But before we do that, how you doing, Javi? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you for asking. Uh, so let's go through this list, Javi, and, and uh, see what we think about the guys that transferred. Uh, 2010, it was Garland Judkins. He went to Texas A&M. I don't honestly remember him doing too much once he transferred. Yeah, I don't remember hearing about him after he transferred. So uh, I don't think he did too well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> DJ Shumpert, uh, he went to Cal State San Bernardino. Yep, didn't hear about him. Exactly. The one that probably uh, was the most disappointing early in the Sean Miller era and and led to our current crisis with uh, point guard U would be Josiah Turner. He went to SMU, uh, didn't do much there. Right, yeah, we thought that he was going to be the next or the first real big point guard for for Sean Miller. Yeah, we had a lot of hopes hung on him coming in and uh, taking over that mantle again. The kid I was struggling with on the last podcast who I, I was making the comp to Alex Barcella was Daniel Bejarano. Uh, he ended up going oh, yeah. to Calif- uh, Colorado State, and he had a couple okay seasons there, but nothing uh, too stellar. Yeah, he he put up some good numbers, had some good stats there, but yeah, not you know, not, nothing too big. Uh, Momo Jones, Iona, we nailed that one. Uh, dis- also in 2011 was uh, Sadiq <clears throat> Johnson. Uh, he went to Providence. I honestly don't remember much about him. Uh, Sadiq Johnson. Yeah, as far as a really, really good uh, red and blue game. I remember that. And then after that, you know, it just was all downhill and he pretty much checked out. And I think him and Miller um, weren't getting along at practice. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but yeah, he just uh, flamed out. 
Yeah. Uh, 2013, Angelo Choll. He went to San Diego State. We touched briefly on him. Uh, Craig Victor or Victor Craig, whichever way you want to say it. They're both first names. Um, that was 2015. Uh, he went to LSU. Yeah, Craig Victor. Um, I remember hearing a little bit about him, but I don't even. I, I'm not sure or not if he finished up, uh, if he stayed at LSU or not, or if he ended up leaving the team. Yeah, no clue. I don't. I haven't yeah. heard much about him. But we know Justin Simon, who left in 2016 at St. John's, is doing pretty well. Sort of made himself over as a defensive presence there, right? Yeah, yeah, he's doing really well. Um, I see his highlights all the time, and uh, if he would have just, you know waited it out i think he'd be he'd be playing lots of minutes with us and be doing just as good here at arizona yeah i think um almost all these guys transferred because of the perception that they weren't going to start and it's interesting like i think angelo choll is probably the best example of a guy who who wanted more time and he just he, he took off and immediately the next season there was a spate of injuries right in front of him so elliot pitts we all remember why he uh, transferred and the sort of the circumstances there were unfavorable. Um, that was in 2016. And then Omar Thelemans, uh, the most recent one this year. And he ended up at, was it Wright state? I think. Yeah. Some that's a Detroit smaller school, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that one was, that was a weird one where he just never, we, we, we showed up to watch the red and blue game and then he didn't suit up. And all of a sudden it's like he announced he was transferring. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was weird, and I don't know. The guy wasn't ranked, and then he committed to Miller, and then suddenly he was ranked, and then as soon as he decommitted from Miller, he wasn't ranked. So if you try to tell right. me that uh, r- the school you're committed to doesn't affect your rating, because I'm gonna I'm gonna call you on that. Um, oh yeah, it totally does. So uh, Javi, are you a good news first or a bad news first kind of guy? I'm going to say good news. All right. Well, then let's talk about the Oregon State game. Uh, Arizona Arizona goes up there and uh, pulls out a, a squeaker against Oregon State, uh, 74-72. Yeah, it was a pretty so, crazy game. Yeah, it was a pretty crazy ga- uh, it was a pretty crazy game. We had talked about whether you thought uh, Arizona would be favored. They actually um, were ge- they were getting some points against uh, Oregon State, um, and so I, I thought that was uh, that was good for us um, from a line standpoint. Um, the team came in and and um, I thought really struggled in the first half to to sort of assert itself. I think the the preponderance of the calls were such that Arizona was uh, struggling. Um, there in the end of the game, there was definitely some some problems with uh, players fouling out. And yep. it got to the point where in the first half, I just really didn't feel like the team uh, was going to um, have a chance to stick around in this one. But they did. They just – Oregon State couldn't create that much separation, and Arizona kept going uh, back and forth with it. What was your perception uh, through the first half of that game? Uh, through the first half, I mean, we played really well, um, and I mean the the thing that uh, it was an exciting game, uh, except the referees were a little bit too involved. I think I think they were uh, they were bad. It was terrible. There was terrible calls. I know people don't like to blame the refs for anything like that, but it was just totally one sided, and I couldn't believe um, all, you know a lot of the calls that were being made against us. But uh, first half was good. I mean, uh, it, you know, we we hung in there with them, and then. Um, it was a good first half for us. Yeah. Then, uh, you know, we shot, uh, 45% uh, from the field in the first half and 40, uh, for almost 45% from three. Um, 
So it was a uh, better shooting first half for us and uh, went into halftime only down by three in that game. Come out in the second half. Um, we're still sticking around. Oregon State can't create much separation. Yeah. Uh, we come out in the second half and um, we're battling back and forth. And like you said, I, I do think that the, the calls were <clears throat> a little bit, um, you know, again, Terrible calls. I, I don't like to put it on the refs. But uh, did you see the call that uh, that Williams fouled out on? Oh yeah. How about the one that with was Luther with the? Uh, oh no, that was in the Oregon game, right? Where he had that clean block, and he got the yeah. Technical. That was Oregon game. But there was still the, the fourth and fifth foul on Luther. Were those were both bad calls, and yeah. it was terrible. Yeah, it was twenty-four to eighteen in total calls, and um, you know we we get down, and then um, you know we're hanging around despite the fact uh, that that. I uh, think the calls just aren't going our way. And um, uh, Chase Jeter knocks knees and comes hobbling out of the game with, I don't know, yep. when was that? About seven or so minutes left in the game, maybe? Yeah, I think so. About a little under 10. All right. So at yeah. this point, I'm pretty much completely sure that that's the end of the game. In our past experience oh, yeah. with Chase Jeter, when he gets hurt and we lose his uh, – his presence uh, at the five, that's pretty much all she wrote. Uh, why don't you take it from there and uh, wrap up the very exciting ending of the game for us? Uh, well, once Jeter went down, then um, Randolph was having probably the best game of his life. He was making unbelievable shots. And, you know, uh, we I don't know how we pulled it out. Uh, there was a lot of lucky bounces for Oregon State. Uh, the referees were making terrible calls on us. We ended up losing um, – uh, Jeter, or not Jeter, Luther, to, he fouled out. Uh, Williams uh, fouled out also. So, I mean, we had like our three best players out pretty much. Um, and somehow we were able to pull it out with uh, Devonir Dutrieve uh, stepping up big time at the end there. Yeah, this is a kid who's really going to uh, move up quickly in uh, Wildcat uh, basketball lore. Uh, with the circumstances he's in, a, a team that's that's looking for uh, something positive to have happen, and for him to get that put back in that game and showing off his athleticism um, was something that really got the um, got the f- uh, fan base really uh, excited. Uh, in 15 minutes, Dutrieve shot four from four from the floor. He had one for one from three. Um, he had five rebounds, excuse five oh, yeah. rebounds, um, and scored nine uh, big points for us. Yes, yes, he's huge. He, he's he's always he's got a nose for the ball, um, just like when uh, Coleman shot that fadeaway jumper. I don't know how he got it off, but uh, as soon as he shot it, then you could just see uh, Dutrieve just going straight for the ball. And I don't know how he was able to reel it in, but he got it and and put it in, and we won the game. And I I, I thought that maybe we didn't have enough time there, but then uh, once they uh, replayed it, then we you know it was we had enough time and we won it last second. Do you remember the last last time we had a last second shot like that? Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I know the Florida game in 2011 was a was a last minute bucket on a drive. Was um, that Kadeem? What no, about the game against State. Michigan State? With um, he's playing for New York now. Kadeem, yeah, with Kadeem. No, but that I don't think I consider that a last second though, because there's still like one ten seconds or left, two seconds. Yeah. So there was a couple seconds left, I think, and then Michigan State wasn't able to convert. But the last. Uh, last second shot that I remember that was that was huge was uh, Momo Jones when we played against Stanford. 
Do you remember that one? No, that one's not ringing to mind. But um, no, it's it's always interesting how what well, it's interesting that you bring that up because uh, whenever one of these Twitter debates erupts, there's always all these qualifiers. What exactly you know? But it, right. to your point, it literally has to be the last second. Oh yeah, his was last second. Derek Williams blocked the shot. I think with like eight seconds left, uh-huh. and then uh, passed it to Momo. He uh, drove down the court and then pulled up from about ten feet away and then banked in. Uh, Banked it in as uh, time right now. Do you remember? You know what? What do you think is the best, uh, most dramatic buzzer beater we ever had? Uh, man, I'll, I'll I'll just let you lay it on us. I can't think <laughs> of anyone. I, not right off the top of my head. As a Miles Simon one from three quarters of the court uh, shot while he was running against uh, Cincinnati. Uh, that was the best ever because we had no business beating Cincinnati that day. Last second shots seem to always happen when we're playing against teams and they make some crazy three-pointers or, you know, last-second shots against us. So it's nice to have a change where we're the ones that are winning on the, on the last second like that. I was about to say it would be a lot easier to have a uh, Twitter uh, response from our followers uh, laying out their most heartbreaking last-minute shot made against Arizona oh, man. than coming up with a list of ones that, um, that we made because it does certainly feel like uh, the former is more uh, prevalent. Um, yeah. To your point about Coleman, he played 34 minutes. Uh, He went three from nine from the field and three from five from three. Um, Made 50% of his free throws. He snagged three rebounds, too, and scored 10 points. You mentioned how good Randolph looked, and that's been a renaissance um, of late uh, until, obviously, we get into the Oregon game. He went seven from eight from the floor. Oh for oh, zero three pointers in that game. Hit uh, half his free throws, another three rebounds, and got fifteen uh, points in um, his thirty three minutes. I think another right. guy we got to talk about when we're talking about development of the team of late, uh, along with uh, Devonor Dutrieve, is Ira Lee. I think he's really turned a corner. Um, he had 23 minutes in this game. He went four from five from the floor. I had both his free throws, had two rebounds, uh, put up 10 points with a block and a steal in this game. What did you think of Ira Lee's performance? Uh, he's quickly becoming my favorite player on the team. Uh, he's just – he's stepping up big, and you could tell that uh, the light the light switch has turned on, and he's just totally turned the corner now. Once he gets the ball, and if he's within five, six feet, I think he's going to score almost every time now. So it's – it's awesome to see how much he's grown and, and, you know, how well he's playing right now. Yeah, it has been pretty impressive because uh, he was at a point where he was almost an offensive liability down low. And his only real um, contribution was coming in, maybe snagging a couple rebounds, uh, clogging up the lane, uh, battling with dudes down low, bringing some toughness. And he's really changed that around and has uh, dramatically improved his uh, presence uh, in the paint. Uh, Jeter, uh, in 22 minutes, uh, despite the injury, really wasn't all that effective. He only had six points. Uh, he did have six rebounds, uh, but he had four turnovers in this game. He just seemed to struggle in this game, even up to the point of the injury. He did. He, he started off hot. He had the first five points of the game, and then they kind of just shut him down. And I think that he just started dropping balls and uh, you know, he was just, I don't know what happened. And then of course, once he was injured, then, you know, it just, it, he started off hot. I thought he was going to have one of his best games there, but it didn't turn out that way. Yeah. Unfortunately, Ryan Luther, uh, did not have one of his more productive games. He went one from five from three. Um, he did grab six rebounds, uh, and managed to score, uh, seven points. But as you, uh, mentioned, uh, fouled out with five fouls, uh, right. overall the but team shot hard. Huh? Yeah. No. I think he's playing really hard. He's playing. He's hustling out there, and and uh, you know, 
uh, he's impressing me now the way with with the way he's playing. Yeah, I would say. Uh, well, I mean, listen, we don't have any problems going on tangents. Let's do this. At this point, you know, Arizona's not going to get a buy. The odds of them winning the Las Vegas tournament, I think, are small. I mean, there's no reason not to root for that to happen, but I, I think it's unlikely. Um, four games in four days. Uh, it, should this team go to an NIT? Should they take an NIT? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely should go to the NIT. It's not even, I don't even know why people are asking that question. I mean, you go to the NIT and then see if you can win, you know, how many, as many games as you can there and get the experience for the players and, you know, the grad transfers, I'm sure if you ask them, they're going to want to play in the NIT. And I, I highly doubt that Miller's going to tell them that they're not going to go, you know. Yeah. I'm thinking about, uh, back to that year, we had the NIT game at home with, uh, I think, uh, bunnies was still on the team at that time. And who did we play the bison or something like that? That was an absolutely oh, brutal loss. I blocked it out of my memory. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was like, I, it might've been Butler. No, no, know. it was the bison no, for sure. Was it? Yeah, no, I remember I'm the not team. Sure. I mean, they were, it was a terrible game. Yeah. Was, <laughs> they didn't show up. Yeah. Um, but as far as the Pac-12 tournament goes, Bucknell, you know, uh, the Bucknell Bison. Oh, Bucknell, Bucknell. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, I knew it started with a B. Yeah, good, the Bison whole thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember. You know, it's hard to get uh, Arizona tickets, especially to a game. They're so expensive, and I remember buying my ticket and thinking, "Oh, I'm finally gonna get to see this team play live." And they just laid an absolute egg, um, and clearly were completely disinterested in being there. Um, oh, yeah. This team's got a lot of heart, a lot of hustle, a lot of effort. Um, I, I think you do anything you can uh, to get uh, guys like uh, Randolph, <coughs> um, Lee, Williams, and Dutrieve, and Barcelo some additional experience. I don't know oh, yeah. how much you do it for um, you know the, the grad transfers, although I think Ryan Luther's uh, certainly earned it. Um, but I, I do think this team, you know, you as you're looking forward, you know, n- who knows who's going to stay and how it's going to look next right. year for sure. Um, getting those guys a chance to develop, I think, is, um, you know, really important. Yeah, definitely. It's, it'll be a tournament style, you know, similar to the NCAA tournament. So it'll be good uh, experience for the younger guys. Yeah. And I and I made the comment on Twitter. I think Arizona sort of above the moral uh, victory of going to the NIT. Uh, so, you know, I personally would be okay with skipping it, but I think you make a good argument about getting the players experience. I do think that's important. Um, and there's been plenty of examples of teams that have been up and coming, and this isn't typically a scenario Arizona is dealing with, uh, but they've used the NIT to develop, um, you know, younger players and use it to springboard or perform well in the uh, NCAA tournament. Um, yeah. Um, when North Carolina had their down year, they went to the NIT and I think they made it to the championship game. And ended up losing two. Uh, I can't remember who they lost to, but they, you know, they, that was within the last eight years, I think. But so, you know, I, I don't think we should see ourselves as being above it. I think that's a good argument. Uh, Oregon State, you know, Trace Tinkle looked great. Uh, played 38 minutes, uh, seven for 12 from the floor, two from five from three, uh, eight from 10 from the free throw line, five rebounds, um, 24 points, a steal. Uh, two assists. I mean, this kid's just a, a really great player. You missed the most important stat, though. He only had two fouls in 38 minutes. And I don't know how on earth he's only got two fouls in 38 minutes with the the way he plays. Remember when Colorado had that big center that uh, went up against Zeus? What was that cat's name? Oh, man. 
I don't know. I'll just glad he graduated. I can't remember his name, but you know who I'm talking about though, right? He owned us. Yeah. Yeah. I could never understand how in a game, um, or, or, you know, for that matter, uh, what's his name from Stanford who transferred to Kentucky? Oh, Travis. Yeah. Travis. Yeah. Um, how many, how many times did one of our centers go up against, uh, you know, especially when Zeus was a senior, you know, I can get it. You're paying your dues, but when he's a senior, that guy couldn't get a break on the foul calls. And we'd have games where, uh, you know, our center would have, you know, three, four fouls. The other team center would have two. And you're just like, what is the hell yep. is going on around here? But uh, I digress. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That is the big stat there. Although I think, I don't know, I thought he played a pretty good game. I wouldn't know. He played pretty good. But uh, every time uh, every time we play him, uh, one of our players gets hurt. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, are you, are you calling him a dirty player? <laughs> no, no. I mean, he Jeter went down twice. I th- did Jeter trip over him? I think he tripped over him. The last time, that was the undercut, the first time they played. And then, uh, I don't know if you saw when uh, Brandon Randolph got popped in the mouth. But that one was an accident because, I mean, it was the back of his head. But he still, somehow, some way, our players are just dropping like flies <laughs> when they go up well, against them. A Jeter dropping like a fly is, doesn't take much. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, the Thompson brothers, uh, Ethan, uh, 26 minutes, uh, four from six from the floor, uh, two from two from three, uh, hit all eight of his free throws, uh, picked up a rebound, um, had five assists and 18 points. And Steven Jr., uh, 38 minutes, uh, six for 15 from the floor, two from nine from three. Um, hit three from four from the line, picked up a couple uh, rebounds, a couple assists, and three steals in this game uh, for 17 points. You know, those are the big three for them. Although I think, uh, you know, uh, Kyler Kelly uh, deserves some uh, mention uh, getting his two steals. Yeah, no, they played well. I mean, um, we made a couple mistakes there where they got steals on us. But, yeah, overall, they, they, were, they were a tough team. And, and I thought that we were going to, have a tougher time against Oregon State than than we did, you know, going up against Oregon. Yeah, I, yeah. I, well, Oregon's got a lot of talent, and obviously, we're going to get into that uh, at the uh, bad news part of the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, Kelly did have five blocks in this game, which is uh, you know a little bit higher than his average, but something you certainly uh, expect from him. Um, uh, Rekovic, um, uh also chipped in another seven points uh, in fourteen minutes. Um, and shot quite a few uh, free throws going three for four. I thought, you know, for sort of a role player, he he acquitted himself well in that game. And I, that's a little frustrating watching him uh, be so effective against us um, in that situation. But all's well that ends well with uh, Devonair's put back. So uh, that was some, oh, yeah. that was some, uh, some good, uh, that was a good win for the Cats. On the way up to the Oregon trip, there was a chance that, um, you know, the Wildcats could uh, still make a buy in the Las Vegas tournament. Um, did you see the uh, Arizona Desert Swarm article on all the scenarios for the Cats to get a buy going into that weekend? Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah. that. was interesting. Uh, it looked like uh, a Venn diagram for like uh, a, a freaking automotive assembly factory. It was like the most ridiculous, if then possible, set of scenarios. I thought you could just wait two more games and save yourself a lot of hassle. That was pretty crazy. That was cool. But yeah, it was, it was almost impossible and now it's it's not possible. <laughs> yeah. That clarified itself pretty quickly. So on to the bad news. Uh we go up to Oregon and just absolutely get shellacked 73 to 47. Um 
Arizona comes out and what hits three threes, the first three shots. Oh right? man, we started off on fire. Dylan Smith was like uh, playing out of his mind to start the game. Um, and then all of a sudden, Justin Coleman threw the worst pass. One of the, what, what did Walton say? One of the top five worst plays yeah, in Arizona in history. The history of Arizona basketball. Yeah. Yeah, that was, and that was a terrible pass. And, you know, just that just kind of like ruined everything as far as the run that we had at the beginning. And then it just got worse from there. Yeah, this definitely was a game of runs after Arizona, uh, you know, pulled out to a nine nothing lead. Then Oregon came back and, you know, I can't remember exactly what the stat was. It was like a 17 point run or something like that. 17 to three or something like that. And, yeah. uh, 17 to two. Um, and the ducks ran up a pretty big lead there, um, into about the six minute mark. And then, the the cats started hitting some shots. There's a three by Devin and, um, Ira Lee put back a ball and we started to close the gap up again. And then we went on a run. Paul White hit the three and tied it up and Arizona had a chance on, on the last play and Devin retrieve did the behind the back pass to. Oh yeah. Oregon, and that was just, thank, <laughs> thank God. That was a little Coral missed the layup. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not that, that it terrible. mattered in the long run, but it was pretty brutal. Uh, then we go to the second half and, and Oregon just absolutely takes Arizona to the woodshed. Um, they ran out to a, you know, in the first, say, five minutes, they ran out to an 11-point lead. A couple times Arizona pushed back, but it got pretty um, ugly, and then they oh, yeah. just extended it all the way out. Arizona f- flat quit in this game. Um, right, but we, we you got to remember, we lost Jeter. I mean, he did – I think he ended up playing about five minutes. And um, uh, we I talked to him a little earlier in the week, and he said he was going to give it a go, but – you know, I think that what what actually happened with him was his, his uh, he has a bruise, but it's a pretty deep bruise. And I don't know if you could tell or not, but he was limping around a little bit and it was affecting. He was kind of trying to overcompensate. And I think that he just decided to shut it down because uh, he didn't want to risk any kind of further injury or anything like that. Yeah, six minutes and one rebound, uh, a very atypical stat line for Chase. So, yeah, I mean, that's understandable. Uh, The replay of that uh, knee knock from the Oregon State game was pretty – pretty brutal um you know the you know they were down in the lane battling and and the i i forgot who need him but he absolutely just clonked him right in the knee for yeah. speed and i could yeah, certainly then, understand why i take him a little bit of time to bounce back from that yeah and the fans are being pretty hard on him i mean it's understandable he is he plays soft i mean uh, you know i'll admit that but i mean you gotta you gotta he he tried to come out he came back uh, in the oregon state game he tried you know with the knee brace on and then the oregon game he came out and he I don't even think he was 90%, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see what happens with the ASU. Um, he may, uh, more than likely he'll play, but the smart thing to do might be to actually just rest him for the Pac-12 tournament. So he's a hundred percent, but we'll see what happens. I would say you play him against ASU and I'll tell you why. If we beat ASU, uh, who's currently on Joe Lenardi's last four in now, Joe per ESPN, Lenardi does not think ASU will fall off the last four in if they lose to, um, Oregon state. But if we, if we beat them too, I would think that that would really knock them out of the bubble. And then you got to hope they can't win much in, um, uh, in Las Vegas. So, I think the odds of us running the table at um, at Las Vegas are small. I get what you're saying. I think that's a reasonable overall strategy. Uh, but if we knock ASU out of the tournament, um, uh, I think that's a its own its own reward. 
Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I can see uh, your point on that. But uh, with the with the fully health, healthy roster, we're 18 and five this year. So if we can go into the tournament and we have everybody, you know, fully healthy, then I, if we get the right matchups, then we can definitely win it. But we definitely want to beat ASU also. So with you know, the easier thing to do would probably be to get the ASU win. And if we could pick up a couple a couple wins in the tournament, then we'll have a 21 season, which I would say is pretty good considering what we've overcome this this year. Yeah, I mean, um, that doesn't mean Jeter has to like go all in for the game. I, I would just give him a chance to run out there and get some minutes, certainly have him start. So ASU has to uh, game plan for him. And if you want to be uh, more judicious with his minutes, I think that's certainly reasonable um, uh, at ASU to try and rest him up. Hopefully it's yep. one of those games where – uh, we're able to get ahead and pull away, but I wouldn't expect that um, in a rivalry game. Um, so oh, yeah. and it's yeah. totally up to Jeter. It's up to Jeter if he wants to play or not, because Miller's not obviously not going to force him. Or and, and there would uh, be no reason either way. I mean, Miller doesn't care yeah. about knocking ASU out of the tournament. That's not his objective. Um, you know, one thing we didn't mention in our last podcast after we had those couple wins. Um, you know, everybody was Miller was questioned. Um, oh, that's right about. Um, a couple weeks ago before they beat Cal about the recruiting class and sort of the anticipation for next year and all that. And Miller basically said, listen, we're not done trying to win games this year. And I think you got to give, despite all the stuff that's happened, Miller credit for keeping that mentality of, Hey, we're here to win right now. He's not the kind of guy that's going to, um, you know, look forward to the next season. He's not worried about uh, what other teams are doing. He's worried about the things he can control and trying to, to do the best he can for uh, his team and his players. So I, th- I think that's something that got lost in all the stuff that's going on with the season. And then obviously all the stuff that's mm. outside of the program. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's still focused on this season. So, you know, it's, it's uh, good that they haven't given up yet. So we'll just see how, how the rest of the season plays out. Yeah. Uh, Oregon, uh, Brandon Williams uh, had a pretty rough game. Uh, 21 minutes, uh, three for six from the floor, one from uh, three from three, uh, five, six from the floor, uh, from the free throw line, one rebound. Uh, He had three uh, penalties. He had to sit pretty early there in the second um, with those two quick fouls. And I think that kind of threw him out of rhythm uh, coming back. Uh, Two turnovers and 12 points. Uh, Dylan Smith, like you pointed out, had one of his better games. Unfortunately, it was wasted. Um, in an otherwise uh, not very effective um, performance from his teammates. Uh, in 30 minutes, uh, he went five from 14 from the floor, but uh, three from six <laughs> from three. Uh, he got four rebounds, um, an assist, and 14 points in the game. And that was pretty much it. After um, Williams' 12 and Dylan Smith's 14, our next highest scorer was Justin Coleman with five points. Yeah, Justin Coleman. Um, I don't know what's going on with Justin Coleman. It just seems like he's just making uh, some terrible decisions, and you know he he's just not the same player he was when when we started the year. Yeah, he's been real up and down. He can certainly ghost on you and uh, and and get real skittish about his shots. Like you said, um, Miller asked Luther to continue to shoot. You like how Randolph and Williams are willing to press through and continue to shoot Coleman can get a little skittish and, and, um, and not continue to, uh, try to press through when he's, um, having a rough run. And this was an all time, uh, rough run. Um, 
Oregon, so lose King, uh, 35 minutes, 14 points. Um, Peyton Pritchard, 32 minutes, 12 points. Francis Okoro, 10 points in 21 minutes. Uh, Paul White and Wooten both only had five five points in 22 minutes. And uh, Will Richardson had 27 minutes uh, and put up 12 points. Is this the most talented team with a record like this heading into the tournament? Uh, they may be. I mean, it's I'm confused about you know the Ducks. I mean, as far as Altman uh, goes, he yeah, I know they had uh, Bobo go out with the injury, but I really don't think that there's any excuse for them not to be making the tournament. I mean, so they're gonna have to do well in the Pac-12 tournament, but I don't see them making it. So. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, a lot of people put injuries on them, but they have a lot of talent in this team. And yeah. to be eight and eight and seventeen and twelve, and 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 you know, being counting on making a statement late in the season, which they certainly could, um, is pretty pretty big indictment. Despite losing Bull Bull, and I know Altman always gets the uh, you know he's a good coach angle. Um, I know we've kind of touched on this, but I I think it's you know if you're going to be critical of Miller and his lack of consistent success. I think you have to apply the same standard to Altman. I, I think you could make a similar argument for UCLA with their talent and the absolute uh, trash can fire that they, they may be a big threat going into the tournament at nine and seven and 16 and 13. Obviously we know they, they did move forward and fire their coach. Uh, so some upheaval there, right. but n- nothing to justify that talent. Oh yeah. Same thing for uh, USC. Uh, Absolutely. No excuse for, for either of those teams. I thought those teams were going to be, uh, at the top of the Pac-12 uh, standings, and they both just flamed out. And it's interesting, week to week, um, any one team can really shellac another team, and, and there's not a lot of rhyme or reason one team will get hot. I mean, you know, UW drops a game to Cal, and you're just like, what is going on here? And, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, that's crazy. And then Cal goes on a winning streak and wins another game. It's just, you know. Oh, yeah. Washington State, who came into Arizona and looked like world beaters. I mean, when's the last time? Whenever the desert travels to the Pacific Northwest, it, it, the the road team's going to lose. It's just how it is. And when they come down here, it's vice versa. So Washington State comes into Arizona in a, in a format where they traditionally just get scrubbed. They're not a good team, and they're freaking world beaters for two games. And then they lose to Cal. It's just like I'm – Yep. I don't know. It's it's a real head scratcher. I, I don't think you can predict who's going to go on any one run in, in, in any given night in this tournament. Um, one team could be a world beater and then the next night be absolutely nothing. So, Exactly. We just got to hope that we get uh, good matchups in the tournament because we definitely don't match up well with Oregon. They, they're just way too big and they just got our number. And uh, Washington, I think it's almost the same. And then UCLA. So we're just going to have to see where where everything uh, lands and see who we get in the tournament. So We don't want to play a team with a lot of front court presence. I think USC is someone that would be concerning too. Um, yeah. We're going to do better with a team that likes to shoot the ball and um, and stay out on the perimeter a little bit more. Um, well, that was the weekend. Uh, we're heading into ASU. Uh, right now it's halftime, and uh, ASU is um, down uh, by seven to Oregon State up at Oregon State. Uh, so let's oh. hope that trend continues. And, um, you know, I've, I've watched quite a bit of ASU. Um, uh, this is a team that's, you know, riding on um, Remy Martin at guard. Um, Lou Dort's become quite the uh, defensive expert. Um, he can shoot all the threes he wants in the game against us. So I'm okay with that uh, because right. his three-point percentage is abysmal. Um, I think they've got a lot more height and athleticism than they've had in the past with, like, 
with guys like Romello White and Daquan Lake and um, uh, Cheatham, who are all real dynamic uh, wing type players. I know Romello plays a five, but uh, guys can get up there and bang and rebound, and they can they can certainly have a good night or not. Uh, Cherry's a bit of a three point. Uh, shooter but um you want to talk about jeter being soft there's nobody softer than cherry uh in the pack 12 um they've got a lot of scoring uh potential but they actually have some pretty decent uh defensive efficiency uh what have you uh thought about asu season so far uh you know they've been up and down and um i think that they're 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 a tough team to beat and you know it's going to be it's not going to be easy. I'm hoping that they lose to Oregon State today. I was uh, I, I picked Oregon State to beat them today. So if Oregon State beats them and we beat them, then hopefully that'll knock them out the tournament. But you know they got they got size. Um, they got good guards. Uh, Remy, you know, he he will probably have another good game against us. So hopefully we can um, you know do enough to pull a win out. Yeah, I think Remy's a real hit or miss. Um, uh, uh, you know, I I think he's largely a volume shooter, but um, he can get hot and um, and certainly light you up. Uh, but you know, when he's not, he he's not going to slow down uh, on his shooting. Right. So on Ken Palm, uh, Arizona State comes in at sixty five, and we come in at eighty three. Yeah, adjusted offense. Arizona State comes in at. 85 and we come in at 145 uh so certainly a big advantage there from arizona state no surprise with hurley slinging the ball here's where you're going to be surprised asu comes in actually better on adjusted defense at 73 um uh compared to their offense but not better than us as we come in at 63 so this is a chance where um Arizona's really going to have to rely on their defense in this game, and hopefully Luther gets hot like he did in the previous game. We will have the advantage of being home, and hopefully um, uh, Jeter's ready to go. Brandon Williams going to be, um, you know, farther along in his recovery and back into a better groove. Um, any big pieces you feel like need to fall in that game for us to pull out the win? Uh, big, biggest piece is uh, Brandon Randolph. I mean, he he played, you know, great against Oregon State, and then – Against Oregon, he just didn't show up, uh, and he's he's uh, one of the most frustrating players to watch because, oh, man, I thought that he was. I was hoping hoping that he was going to continue his success from the Oregon State game, and he just couldn't make a thing. Can't make free throws, uh, and it's once I, I, he just I don't know. He just like goes down under pressure. He can't he can't be the leader for whatever reason. So it's uh, we really need him to step it up and and be able to. You know, at least I think whenever he scores in double digits, um, the winning percentage that we have is pretty high. Uh, so if he can score at least, you know, 10 to 15 points and if everybody else can have a good game, Luther can hit some threes. Uh, Brandon Williams, he seems to be pretty consistent, you know, about 12 points a game. And then uh, Devin there, he's getting about 11 minutes a game. And if he can, uh, you know, do do what he does best, get rebounds. And he's actually a good three-point shooter now. I don't know if you noticed, but he's the best three-point shooter on the team. I think he's at 46%. I know he's only made like 10, but still, he's he's uh, stepping up big time whenever he comes in. So, And and then, obviously, Chase Jeter. If Jeter can play, if he can uh, make enough of a difference and we can utilize his size against Cheatham and uh, ASU, then we can pull it out. I have, I feel good about it. 
Yeah, uh, percentage-wise, uh, Dutrieve is the best. He's uh, shooting uh, 471, uh, but that's only on 17 attempts, right? Right. Luther on 109 attempts is uh, knocking him back at almost um, at 385. Um, ironically, from three-point land, Coleman's the next highest at uh, 365 at 104 attempts. And I didn't realize Dylan Smith had taken this many threes, but he's got 122, and he's knocking them uh, back at a 361 clip. So uh, that's pretty solid. I know Brandon Williams had some struggles uh, with the scoring, but um, he shot 110 of them and knocked them down at uh, uh, 318, which, you know, isn't where you want them to be. But uh, isn't it, it's got to be a, in a, a – a trending improvement. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's improving. Um, I, I, I think, um, that in this game at home against a rival in a bad season, um, you know, you're going to, in a game that we went to overtime, you know, where we were significantly undermanned. Um, although Ryan Luther did go completely unconscious. I don't know that you can count on that happening. Hey, she's not going to have the energy of the crowd. I think the Arizona crowd's going to turn out. You, you need solid performances. We don't need uh, Coleman going into turtle mode. Uh, we don't need Dylan Smith dribbling into a bunch of silly turnovers. Uh, but you just need solid contributions uh, from those players. Um, and like you said, I think um, – a little bit of luck um, and maybe one uh, guy really uh, stepping up and taking over, whether that's Dutrieve uh, performing above his baseline and contributing even more, or if it's someone um, like Williams or one of the two Brandons or uh, Luther having an extra good game. I do think um, probably Chase Jeter's contribution is going to be a little bit limited. And uh, like you point out, it's going to be based on how he's feeling. I'm sure he's going to be yep. – uh, you know he's going to be froggy and give it a uh, give it a try, um, but you're probably going to need uh, several other players to step up and, and give us a chance to pull that one out and uh, hopefully knock uh, ASU off the the uh, final four in. So that that'd be real nice. Let's just take a second and look at uh, CBS's uh, bracket and see where they have ASU. Yeah, yeah, they're the last four out, last four in. Well, you got them. They got them the last four in too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we would definitely like to see that go away. Um, yes. All right. So let's talk about uh, some uh, non-basketball related news. Well, basketball related news, but not on the court. Um, so Mike Pelton, um, after the, uh, the a Yahoo report uh, surfaces that Sean Miller uh, will be subpoenaed in the upcoming FBI investigation uh, trials, Mike Pelton gets in his... Um, intrepid reporter uh transportation device and uh comes on down to tucson i'm sure he's been at zero other uh arizona basketball conferences and um asks uh sean miller two times um basically the same question although mike's protested vigorously that wasn't the exact circumstances and uh sean miller uh, states to him no comment you can drive back to phoenix um what'd you think about this i thought it was awesome um I ended up doing a little uh, – uh, I got a little snippet of it, and then I did like a little Thug Life version of it. Um, and I think that the the U of A fan base really got behind him after he did that. And, and you know, I, I know a lot of people didn't like it. There, you know, I guess there's always going to be the people that like it, don't like it. But I thought it was awesome. I like I like when, uh, you know, that, that side of Miller comes out and he kind of just sticks it to the media. 
So Mike uh, subsequently gets some national exposure for it. Um, he's listed on some some reports of his uh, exchange with Miller, uh, like on ESPN and some other national uh, sports websites. And then he kind of does the uh, rubber chicken network and starts talking about how, you know, it's his job to ask these questions. And um, this isn't a guy who normally covers sports. I think he's normally like a politics, um, legal affairs kind of guy uh, for ABC 15. Oh, wow. So <laughs> but it, it's interesting that he um, made uh, sort of went on the uh, justification slash self uh, aggrandizement uh, tour. What did you make of his response to Miller? I'm oh yeah, that was, that was the only bad thing is that the the media ran with it and then they made they turned it into, you know, um, that that how can Miller how dare Miller you know tell him tell the reporter to go back to Phoenix and that he was being belligerent and a bunch of different you know news reports came out and they made a big deal about it because they wanted the, the clicks obviously. Uh, also, several uh, Valley Media members uh, basically accused the entire Tucson uh, media community of giving Miller a back massage. What would you think of that? That's uh, definitely not the case because uh, Pasco is constantly asking Miller those same questions. And if that guy wouldn't ask, you know that the Tucson media was going to ask. You know, there was no way that they're not going to ask. They ask every single press conference about the, the FBI situation and about you know, whatever's going on. And they always get the same response from Miller, pretty much no comment, but that guy just got a little extra with the go back to Phoenix comment. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think anybody who in the Phoenix media is like getting up on their high horse and trying to act like somehow uh, Miller is some sacred cow, cow up here just shows how ignorant they are about the relationship between the, the star alone uh, and Miller and the history with this whole FBI <coughs> investigation. Um, that That's just um, willful ignorance and um, was such a completely out of line response to that. It's not even funny. Uh, this guy clearly oh, yeah. came down with an attempt to clearly secure this one single uh, comment. And I, I think he pretty much got told, you know, a, a very reasonable uh, response to a very obvious uh, position from his part. This guy will never be back in Tucson asking Miller questions. And this was just a look at me moment from this uh, reporter. I'm not too impressed. Um, and I don't take too much, um, you know, on Bridget Miller kind of giving him the, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out routine. Uh, listen, oh, yeah. I, I'd be fine if Miller gave him some pat answer, like, you know, uh, these are ongoing investigations, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it was more uh, polite. That'd be fine. It wouldn't be as salacious. I don't really care either way, but for Miller to say that, uh, you know, is just part of his cantankerous surliness and, and was completely expected if you'd have taken 10 seconds to research the guy before he came down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, it was a, you know, reasonable, question and uh it was a great response i think yeah i totally agree and it's great for us so we're gonna uh definitely work on getting some um some uh arizona slash uh players program you uh thug life uh versions out uh in addition to social media for the listeners all right brother that's all i have do you have anything else you want to add before we check off spring ball starts march 18th and then uh the spring games april 13th so Always looking forward to football. Yeah. So the spring game set for April 13th. Um, let's see here. It's going to be at Arizona Stadium at 5 p.m. on Saturday, Arizona thir- 
uh, April 13th. It's going to be televised on the Pac-12 network with free admission and a post-game autograph session included. Uh, so put that on your thing. Um, put that on your uh, planner to get down there, and we'll be getting some coverage out on the spring game. Sounds good. All right, Javi, bear down, brother. Bear down. Coach Mike Pelton here with ABC 15 out of Phoenix. Do you have any comment on the reports that you've been no. notified? You'll, if you are subpoenaed, will no. you testify? No comment. But Coach, with all the scrutiny that has surrounded this program and the adversity you face. No comment. You can drive back to Phoenix. You can drive back to Phoenix. Part two. Steel ball. You can drive back to Phoenix. 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 Plus your homeboy won't make it street game full gazy. I'm elevated to the top. You can drive back to Phoenix. You can drive back to Phoenix.
Welcome back. Uh, we're back from 